0: Recovery Network podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Valentine. Okay, so now I am officially allowed to say happy Halloween. I hope that everyone had a great Halloween weekend. I just think Halloween is so much better now, sober. I used to just get wasted and like pass out early and be sloppy and embarrassing. And I don't know. Now I can just go out and look hot and have fun. And I'm still able to wake up early the next morning to get to yoga teacher training. Okay, two announcements. In December, there is a weekend meditation retreat, The Joy of Recovery. It's happening near Vancouver, BC, led by Vimala Sara and Brian Dean Williams. I went last year and made friends, had some great meditation sits, learned some new things that uh, helps both my recovery and my meditation practice. Uh, it's set up to be helpful to people newer to meditation and also recovery, but also packs a lot of helpful stuff for people that have been in recovery and meditating for a while. I know I brought I brought a friend um, and we both got uh, quite a bit out of it. So <sighs> yeah, I also really like the theme this year, the joy of recovery, which... Yeah, joy, joy practices in recovery are huge. It's been huge for me. And I'm still like constantly learning more about how to bring joy into recovery, you know, even years down the line. Um, if you want more info, you can go to vancouverbuddhistcenter.com and they have the registration and all that info there. Um, if you have any upcoming retreats that you know of, let us know and we can announce them on the podcast. We get about a 1,000 listens a week now, um, and I know many people's recovery benefit from hearing about events and having stuff to go to, so let us know. Uh, next Sunday is the live recording of the podcast featuring Martine Batchelor, Breaking Free of Habits. During this talk, Martine will look at the habits that bind us and stop our potential for wisdom and compassion manifesting fully. To explore the meditative tools found in the Vipassana tradition, like mindfulness of the breath, sounds and feeling tones, to show how we can engage creatively with our habits and transform them into positive functions. Today's episode is also from the Life Podcast, from last month's Life Podcast. Hope you enjoy.
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to uh, this episode of the Buddhist Recovery Network Academy. Um, the, I'd like to introduce you to, um, well, let, let me introduce the program first. Um, We have a new academy teaching today um, by Eddie LaSure, and the title of this is Noticing, Tracking, and Shifting Perception. So, um, yes, thank you for being here as part of our worldwide Sangha. Um, We really appreciate your presence here today. So, uh, for those of you who haven't uh, been to a Buddhist Recovery Network Academy talk, let me just explain the, the format of the program. Uh, we'll begin with a period of meditation, followed by a Dharma talk, and we'll end with a Q&A session. Um, and it would be really great if folks can leave their audio and video off until the, until the Q&A session. Um, if you go to the bottom of your screen, there is a menu bar. And if you press on the word chat, there's a field that opens up to your right. And at any time during the program, if questions come up, you can uh, type your questions into the chat field and we'll save those for the Q&A session. Uh, And when we have the Q&A session, if you'd like to come live and actually um, uh, do a face-to-face question with uh, Eddie, then there is an icon that's uh, the raise hand icon. You just press on that and that will signal to me that that you'd like to come on live, um, present your question that way. Um, please don't be shy. We love, um, we love your participation. Uh, it uh, really rounds out the program and um, yeah, we welcome, we welcome your input. I did want to uh, let you know that these, teachin- these teachings are given freely. All of our teachers here are practicing generosity and action. and We're incredibly fortunate to have these teachings to help us in our recovery efforts. So if you'd like to help support uh, both the teachers and the ongoing efforts of this Buddhist Recovery Network Academy and the network in general, we invite you to give Donna, whether it's on a one-time or a recurring basis. Uh, So I'm just going to input the link into the chat field because there's no donate here button. Uh, So at any time uh, after the program, during or after the program, if you'd like to do that, um, that's where you go. It's on our website. It's pretty easy to find on the website, too. So um, if you could indicate that your donation's for the Academy, then we can use that um, specifically to help grow this this program. Um, We're turning these talks into podcasts, and podcasts are growing in popularity, so we invite you to listen. Uh, Just to tell you a little bit about our teacher. um, Today, yes, Eddie LeShure is here with us. Um, Eddie initiated his regular meditation practice in 1982, and he's been a practicing Buddhist since then, having studied and sat on three continents with dozens of eminent teachers, spending the equivalent of two years in a retreat setting. As a meditation teacher, certified yoga instructor, a certified substance abuse counselor and a person in in long-term recovery. He facilitates groups in various treatment and recovery settings. He leads series classes, workshops, retreats, trainings for health professionals and regularly presents at conferences and conventions. He has a deep passion for offering evidence-based body-centered mindfulness and self-compassion practices for addiction recovery, for trauma relief and self-care. Eddie's on staff at the Center for Spiritual Emergence, and he is co-founder of Mindful Emergence LLC. So, without further ado, I'd like to um, bring Eddie on. So, uh, Eddie, there's an invite coming your way. If you can just accept, thank you so much. It's it's great to have you here. You're muted, so let's see if we can fix this. There we go. All right. No. I think you may have to turn your... uh, There we go.
2: Okay. Can you hear me now? I can. Okay.
1: Great. All
2: right. Well, thank you so much for the invitation, Robin. It's my pleasure uh, to be here. So before I begin my talk, let's do a short meditation. And... uh, Let's let the bell be an invitation to begin. So those of you joining me, I invite you to find an upright position that's alert but relaxed. You can sit in a chair, on a cushion, whatever's comfortable, and you can either close your eyes or gaze down at the floor or the table. And let's begin by noticing where we are. If you're sitting, notice what the actual experience is of sitting. Notice how it feels to be connected to the chair, connected to the floor if your feet are touching, and bring awareness into those sensations of contact. Perhaps noticing your back, your bottom touching, And you may notice whether the sensations are pleasant or unpleasant. Or you may notice a certain characteristic to the sensations, perhaps feeling pressure on the bottom of your feet or warmth or coolness. Or as you bring attention inward, you may notice sensations in your body. And then direct your attention to breathing. Notice the sensation of taking a breath, breathing in and breathing out. You may notice this in your belly, your chest, your nostrils, so wherever that sensation is strongest, bring the attention there and see if you can follow the rhythm of breath with your awareness. We're not trying to create a special experience. We're simply bringing attention inward to the breath and noticing how that feels. Oh my God. In a sense, you may think of this as giving your mind a job to do. So as you I'm follow better. the I'm breath, notice that fast. rhythm. Easy. And notice any other experiences you might be having. You may notice sounds that are pulling your attention away or sensations in the body or thoughts. So the invitation is when these distractions come up and pull your awareness away from the breath, see if you can just gently notice and return. So we use the breath as an object of awareness, attention, and we also use it as an anchor to return back to, simply noticing, allowing, returning, as you breathe in, breathe out. Noticing, returning to breathing. There's nowhere to go. Simply notice each experience. And if there's a thought or sensation or sound that is really grabbing hold of you, perhaps you feel stuck, and see if you can just allow yourself to be in that place of distraction or stuckness. There's no forcing here, but know that the breath is always there to come back to. And if it's helpful in sustaining your attention on your breath, you can repeat phrases to yourself like breathing in, breathing out. And if you wish, you can make note of experiences with a label such as thinking, hearing, feeling, as you let go and return to your breath. In a moment, I'll ring the bell three times. And we'll let the sound of the bell be an invitation to open your eyes if you've had them closed. And bring your awareness into the room or wherever you're sitting, noticing things that you can see. Perhaps returning your attention back to the sensations of sitting. Notice the shift and change in your awareness. So, the talk today is about noticing, tracking, and shifting perceptions. And as Robin pointed out, I'm licensed in the state of North Carolina, along with my partner, Margaret, as a Certified Substance Abuse Counselor. And we're both uh, certified yoga teachers and meditation teachers. And we work with people in recovery, and it's been pretty much every kind of setting you can imagine from early recovery to long-term, abstinence-based, medication-assisted treatment we've worked in. Uh, We've worked with substance use disorders, sometimes with coexisting uh, disorders, uh, such as eating disorder. And what we have noticed is that addiction essentially, and there's a lot of ways that this has been described and defined, but essentially I think it's really ritualized compulsive comfort seeking. I know as a person, Uh, in long-term recovery, when I was in my active addiction, I basically was tired of hurting, whether the pain was in my body, from physical sensations, whether they were emotional or otherwise, or I was tormented by obsessive thinking. I just wanted relief. I wanted to feel okay. And what we... Do with our work is hopefully help people develop a different relationship with their experience. Meditation is used in a lot of treatment and recovery settings as a form of relaxation, which of course can be very helpful. But what we want to do is help people figure out how to be okay with being uncomfortable, because it's it's unavoidable. It's part of life. So how can we work with that? And one way we can is by directing our attention as best as we can into noticing what's happening in our body. Our body is a messenger, and it is a vital messenger that will tell us what's going on. But the key is we need to be able to tune in and notice and ask ourselves, what's happening right now? And of course, meditation is so useful for that. When we pause and breathe, we can create a little bit of space to step back and notice sensations, experiences that are showing up in our body. And also notice the thoughts, the stories that we're telling ourselves about what's happening. Perhaps you've heard the term dual awareness or witness consciousness and essentially What that is, is being able to create some space and step back and notice what's happening. And it's kind of like watching ourselves on television. We can have an experience and then perhaps notice, oh, so that's what's happening. So for example, in any situation we might pause and go, oh, wow, I'm feeling a lot of anxiety. Or I'm feeling fear or sadness or anger, whatever that experience is. And that experience is probably going to show up in our body as a sensation. And the more specific we can get about labeling and describing those sensations, the more emotional awareness we can create. So for example, something like anxiety can show up as vibrating or buzzy or hot or electric or trembling. Or sadness can have a heaviness or a numbness, a spaciness, a hollowness. And if we can pause and turn our attention towards those sensations, perhaps we can notice how they're showing up and create a little bit of space and actually be able to track those sensations. So for example, if I'm, if something happens and I get triggered into an anger response, If I pause with a breath, I can ask myself, what's going on? Oh, wow. I can feel this heat going up my neck, my shoulders. I can feel this pressure in my arms, in my neck. And what if I can then allow myself to hang out with that a little bit and notice, oh, where am I feeling it? The more local, localized I can get it, the better I can work with it. I might notice that it has a certain shape, a certain color, maybe a certain texture. And as I do that, I might notice if I can sustain my attention to that, that it moves, it shifts, it changes. So a couple things happen when we do that. One is it's a direct experience of what the buddha talked about one of the three characteristics of existence which is impermanence we can notice that just because this shows up doesn't mean it's going to stay like that forever many of you have probably had an experience and you think i'm stuck here i'm really screwed this is how it's going to be for me but if we pause and notice it and track it we can see how that can shift and change And we might also notice that it's just an experience we have. So we can create non-identification. And when these sensations show up, we can realize this is just something that's passing. This is something that's coming and going. And it's not an intrinsic part of who I am. It's just, this is what's happening right now. And the more specific we can be, about noticing and identifying what that sensation is, it's kind of like practicing in the Four Foundations of Mindfulness. We talk about mindfulness of feeling or vedana. These are just felt sense experiences that we're having. So when we do this, we can really shift our perception of what's going on. And part of that is noticing the story we tell ourselves. And there's an example that I often give that happened, I was actually in early recovery. I'd been meditating for a while. Uh, I just hadn't been able to sustain abstinence from drugs until this point. And so I was working a program and doing my practices. And at this particular time, uh, I was house sitting at someone's place where they had a cat. And they were off at the beach, and my responsibility was to take care of the house and the animal. And cat, this particular cat was a hunter. So she would occasionally bring critters in from the outside in various stages of aliveness or deadness. And uh, my opportunity was to try to salvage this poor thing and return it back to the wild, or if it was dead, to bury it. Well, one time, I woke up in the morning. I'm lying in bed. And I notice, what is that smell? And and it was a kind of a nasty smell, right? Very unpleasant. And I'm looking around, I look underneath the bed and there's a dead bird. And it wasn't like just dead. There were maggots and it was disgusting. And I there was a laundry room right nearby and I grabbed this broom and I pulled it out And as I'm doing this, I look over on the chair, and there's the cat sitting up there all proud, like, hey, look what I did. You know, like she'd been trophy hunting and showing off her work. I was so pissed. I was looking for something to throw. I could just feel the anger coming up in my body, rising. And what I did is I had the wherewithal to pause and bring my attention inward, notice the sensation, and just breathe and hang out with it, to be with it. And as I did this, I could see how it started shifting and changing and it started dissipating as I was bringing compassion to this difficulty, practicing self-compassion, Self-care, noticing, yes, this is difficult right now. I'm really suffering. And I am have this intention to throw something at this cat. Oh, wow. What am I telling myself? I got a story in my head like I'm taking this personally. Like this cat <laughs> decided to wake up this morning and decide what it was going to do to make Eddie's life miserable or something. I mean, I and I just kind of chuckled to myself. And I just like, whatever. It's she's just doing what cats do. She's just being a cat and I'm just taking it personally and I can breathe and let it go. And it was such a dramatic example of how I could notice and track and shift my perception of an experience by pausing and noticing and allowing myself to do that particular practice. So this is very important in recovery, because the reality is we're going to be faced with all kinds of challenges. Life is difficult, and if we can remember, we're not alone when these things happen. This is just part of life's experiences. You know, you might read the the mustard seed story that the Buddha taught about the woman who lost her son and thought that life could not possibly go on, and as she goes through the Experience in the story realizes she's just having a human experience. This is what happens And can we just bring our attention inward and ask ourselves? What do I need? What do I need in that moment? How can I bring kindness? In this moment, how can I find balance in this moment? Self-care self-compassion Because the alternative is to probably drop into what I refer to, and I didn't come up with this phrase, but I use this phrase, autopilot, following the same reactive pattern that I've done in the past, where there's some kind of an event, some kind of trigger, and I just go on doing things the way I used to do, which could result in using. So. That's really uh, what I wanted to focus on today. And I encourage you when you do your practice to really bring attention into the body, notice the sensations in your body, Uh, tune in. And there are all kinds of practices you can do, simply mindfulness of breathing, but really bringing attention to the body. You can do body scans. Uh, If you know someone who's doing yoga nidra, That's a wonderful practice that you can do and simply doing yoga practices are a great way to bring the mind and the body together and start developing a different kind of relationship with the body. So whether it's pleasant or unpleasant, uh, you can work with it in in a skillful way. And of course, recovery is more than just abstinence. It's really a whole quality of life that we can bring to our experiences as we navigate through life. And hopefully uh, can show up in a way where we can really be in service to other people uh, with kindness and love. So what I'd like to do before we go to our Q&A is just let's take a moment and use the bell again to pause and reflect on these teachings. Feeling into the sensations of the body and the breath. Noticing, allowing, letting go.
1: Thank you, Eddie. I, I, I love your teaching. I love your story of the cats, because as I think you all heard, I was having my own cat event. That was that today. a cat? That was a cat. Um,
2: cat being that, a cat.
1: That cat being a cat um, who somehow always finds a way to interrupt my meetings if I'm in a video well, call, as I often am.
2: Well, I was wondering if our, my cat was going to come up and jump in my lap, and I was, I was prepared to allow that to happen.
1: <laughs> so um, before we, would you mind if I ask you a couple
2: of questions? Of course, quickly? please. Okay.
1: Um, so uh, because I don't want to get this lost at the end of the event, I'm, I'm wondering uh, if you have a teaching or a teaching event or some other event you'd like to share with us um, that some, some way that you're bringing dharma into the world?
2: Um, well, yeah, most of the work that we do is, is in private settings, but we do have a workshop coming up one week from today. So if you're viewing this prior to October 13th, because I know people watch podcasts moving down the road, we are actually, Margaret and I are doing a workshop on October 13th, a Sunday from two to four Eastern time And it's on this very same topic, Noticing, Tracking, and Shifting Perceptions. It's a two-hour workshop at Asheville Community Yoga in Asheville. You can get all the information you need two different places. One is by going to AshevilleCommunity.com and looking at their upcoming workshops. And the other way is going to our workshop, which I'd like to offer, which is uh, our, our our, website, which is a mindfulemergence.com. That's a mindfulemergence.com. There are all kinds of blogs and podcasts and talks and resources and links, as well as upcoming events. You can find out about it there as well.
1: Great, thank you so much. Um, well, I'd like to invite the audience to present questions or thoughts or anything that may have come up during the talk. Um, and um yeah place them into the chat field or raise your place that raise, raise your hand icon up so that you can come live to ask a question we'd love to hear them and i think i will i'd like to kick off the questions if i if i may um we hear this expression a lot not to take something personally so i'm just thinking about that i'm like what does that mean um to take something personally. And um, what kind of emotional states are we, um, are we not only generating, but sustaining usually when we take something personally?
2: Yeah, and we tend to have our patterns, don't we, Robin? Yes, Uh, we do. You know, my history, uh, when I would take something personally, uh, I would get angry. I would get angry and I'm a big guy and I got big energy. And so I learned that I can get in people's faces and um, it's just, it's, it's not a long-term strategy for effective relationships with people to do that. And someone else uh, when they hear something and take it personally, they may shrink, they may withdraw, isolate, Uh, They may tell themselves a story that they're not worthy or experience shame. Uh, Someone else may feel threatened, want to run, you know, activate fear. Uh, I think probably a lot of our listeners have some understanding of the brain and how fight or flight uh, can activate in the face of any kind of perceived threat. So, you know, that part of our brain is here to keep us safe. But if we don't have the capacity, the practice to pause and check in, it's very easy for us to to run down that pathway. Uh, but if we can pause and notice, wow, I'm really feeling fear or anger or sadness or loneliness or jealousy. And then kind of hang out with that feeling, allow it to be there, to accept it, even if it's really unpleasant. And then bring the attention into our thought process. And we can ask ourselves, what am I telling myself? Is this thought that I have, is it really true? Or do I have some kind of story? To create that space uh, that really gives us greater clarity and ease in being able to navigate through these kinds of difficult situations. And uh, that's where I find the practice helpful. I mean, I broke my hand three times in anger prior to finding recovery, just because I was so reactive. And fortunately, it wasn't on people's faces. It was on inanimate objects. So I didn't actually hurt anyone else, but I certainly hurt myself. And, uh, Created a lot of shame for myself. That was my go-to. That's all I knew until I could cultivate this awareness and pause and see other options. Did that answer your question or address it?
1: Yes. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Great question. Yeah. Yeah, the the whole the whole talk feels as if you're speaking to me and i don't know if anyone <laughs> else in the audience has had this <laughs> this experience but yes um i'm i'm right there with you thank you yeah
2: i think it's <laughs> it it's pretty common and uh you know also you know there are a lot of other resources that we can use besides our buddhist practice you know i have a therapist you know i experienced trauma and um uh, you know i had to I've had to work with that. And uh, so I think it's so important in recovery that we really open ourselves up to all these kinds of potential resources that uh, might be available to help us work through uh, these difficulties and uh, be able to develop a toolbox of responses. Obviously community is really important. I know for me when I'm struggling the tendency I have is I want to isolate Um, And that's what I used to do And now I know that I need to speak up even if I feel um, Nervous anxious Sometimes I have to tell on myself, you know, there's an expression that I've heard Uh, And some of our listeners probably have heard it, particularly in 12 step rooms uh, where, you know, we can either save our face or, or save our, we could save our face or save our ass, something like that. Have you heard that expression? Did I get it right? (laughs) I might not have said it (laughs) right. You know what I'm talking about?
1: I'm not, I'm not sure that I know that expression, but. Sometimes we
2: have to tell on ourselves and just say, you know, I'm really struggling right now and I'm not doing well. And I feel like I'm, I might, do something that's really uncool. And just putting it out there, a lot of times to somebody else they can say, yeah, I get it, I know, I I understand how you're feeling. And that opens up possibilities, you know, where I can ask for help or they may say, yeah, you know, um, they can share their experience and what they did when they were struggling with that same kind of thing. And that's the beauty of community. Um, And just, you know, there's the three, ju- the three jewels. One of them is the Sangha. So in doing our meditation practice, it's the same kind of thing where if we're struggling with our practice, you know, we can find support within our Sangha. I, I, I'm probably not the only person here who at one point or more in my life thought I was absolutely the worst meditator that existed like I just totally sucked at this. I'm never going to be good. (laughs) I'm never going to get this. Uh, and of course, for a long time it was because I told myself the story that I was supposed to empty my mind. Took me a while to realize that it wasn't about clearing my mind or emptying my mind. It was noticing and working with and bringing compassion to what was going on in my mind, uh, allowing it to be there. So, Just takes time and patience and compassion, practice, (laughs) you know.
1: And in a sense, perhaps not considering this thing to be the thing that holds you back, but the thing that is giving you a gift of something to work with.
2: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know. You know, opening up a doorway. Yes. But you know, if I judge it and say, this shouldn't be happening, which, you know, I, I talk to people, they ask me about Buddhist teachings. And um, the way I sum it up is what I think the Buddha really taught was that we're gonna, life is gonna be difficult if we argue with reality. You know, we create suffering when we want things that we don't have and don't want things that we do have and tell ourselves, this shouldn't be happening. I shouldn't be feeling this way. That shouldn't have happened. I shouldn't be having these thoughts. You know, but to just be able to pause and go, okay, this is what's happening. This is... Because if we argue with reality, we're going to lose that argument every time. Anyway, I see a, a face pop up on the screen. Is there a question, Nathan? Or anything you want to share? Is that how yeah. this works? Yeah.
3: Sure. Um, I'm familiar with practice in a different kind of context or language. Um, I've been using the Josh Porta rain meditation for a while.
2: Oh, yeah, it's great.
3: And um, I was wondering if you could elaborate a little. He uses a different um, ending to it. Um, his is recognize, allow, investigate, nurture. Yeah. Which in nurture, I understand I'm taking ownership um, and making a safe container for my negative emotion. So could you explain what it means to not identify with my my negative emotion? Yeah,
2: yeah, I've heard the nurture and I think that's excellent. Uh, I'm more familiar with the non-identification. I think Michelle McDonald came up with that. Tara Brock talks about it a lot. But the idea of non-identification was summed up really well. I was with some young men in recovery, and one of the fellows said, well, is that the difference between saying I'm experiencing anger and saying, well, I'm just an angry person? And I think that sums it up well, just recognizing because I have anger showing up and maybe it's a reactive habit pattern that I've had for a long time, doesn't mean it's an intrinsic part of who I am. It's not going to show up on an MRI or a CAT scan or an X-ray. It's just an experience we're having. We're feeling anger. So it's that's to me is non-identification and uh, just recognizing it's it's passing phenomenon it's coming it's going and if i can observe it perhaps i can allow it to be there until it's not there because eventually it'll pass away does that make sense to you does yeah that, does that it, it does
3: make sense um Yeah. Then not identifying before, uh, before that explanation sounded like I was not owning my own feelings.
2: Oh, no, I would definitely owning your feelings. Yeah, that would be invalidating your experience if you didn't do that. Yeah, we want to own. That's how I feel. That's what's going on. That's my experience. And can I be with it? That's the allow part can I allow this to just be the way it is? You know, so often uh, when something's happening like that, we want to fix it right away. Right. And then when we can't fix it, we tell ourselves the story that, well, there must be something wrong with me because I couldn't fix it. So perhaps if we just say, well, that's what's going on. Can I just allow this unpleasant experience to be there and then maybe investigate what am I telling myself? You know, and then recognize you can go either way and could be like oh well that's just an experience i'm having it's not an intrinsic part of who i am this fear the sadness this anger and then the nurture part is beautiful to me that's self-compassion like what do i need self-care self-kindness very very uh, helpful in those times of difficulty so That's a great question, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I don't see any other questions that have come up. Um, So I think I would like to thank you. Really want to thank you for being here, Um, for sharing your your perceptivity and your training. Um, And I can really see where doing a workshop with you would be (laughs) hugely beneficial. I can't wait to turn this talk into a podcast. Yeah.
2: Well, I so much appreciate uh, the work that you do. And of course I know Vilma Sara, the work she does is so powerful and thank you for the invitation and this privilege of coming on and hanging out with you.
1: Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Let's see if I can uh, get these video settings right here okay so um i wanted to uh i wanted to thank everyone again for being here to remind you of uh eddie's website uh and and his partner's website which is mindfulemergence.com. and um let's see there i have a lot of gratitude for the teachings that are being offered on this website and um If if you would like to support them, if you'd like to support the teachers and you'd like to support the Buddhist Recovery Network, which is really serving as an umbrella organization for all the Buddhist recovery uh, programs that are are out there and worldwide, um, you can use the link that's um, in the chat field. I'm actually going to call it out loud because this this is a podcast also. It's HTTPS semicolon slash slash www.buddhistrecovery.org slash registration slash participate slash donation.htm. So um, the, the donations are, are really being used this year. We're growing our programs. We're growing our, podca- our podcast, and um, we would appreciate your generosity. Uh, we appreciate your help in sharing the Dharma in this way. So next month, we have uh, Martine Bachelor who's going to be speaking, and that's uh, Sunday, November 3rd. So please join us. It's the same time, the first Sunday of every month. And meanwhile, have a lovely week, and may all beings be well and at ease.
0: Thanks for listening. Again, next Sunday we have the Buddhist Recovery Network Academy which is a live recording of the podcast Robin will be hosting again Um, you can find more info about that at BuddhistRecovery.org forward slash academy Robin was also talking about Donna and donations and there is an easier link for that so you can go if you are interested in offering Donna you can go to BuddhistRecovery.org forward slash donate um okay well thanks everyone and uh see you again next week